response to the climate and ecological crisis requires heaps of innovation. We need to transform entire industries, reskill the workforce, and create new jobs. That's one huge challenge, but one giant opportunity. But how does this affect you and your sector? Content with Purpose partners with professional member associations and trade bodies to delve into the future of their industries, asking the tough questions and showcasing the innovation propelling our net zero ambitions. Leading the way to a world beyond waste, a podcast series produced by Content with Purpose in partnership with the Chartered Institution of Wastes Management. And here's our host, Mark Shaler. Hello and welcome to Leading the Way to a World Beyond Waste, a CIWM and Content with Purpose podcast series that seeks to explore the resources and waste sector's role in the transition to a low-carbon, resource-efficient and circular economy. And I think we can all agree that those things will make the world not just better, but more efficient. And I think it's really interesting that, that often the waste sector is seen as dealing with other people's problems when in actual fact it can solve so many of the challenges that we face. My name's Mark Shaler, um, and for 32 years, I've been working with companies and organizations to help understand what sustainability means to them, help them develop strategies that are are truly embedded within sustainable progression, and also to help take advantage of some of the opportunities that fall out of our, our drive and our need to move to a net zero, net waste, and net gain planet. Um, And I've been doing that with companies big and small. I'm really interested to know what changes are coming to the waste management sector as a result of our transition to all of those things I've said, the low carbon economy, and and what that means for those people who work in the sector, and actually for those other sectors that our sector touches. Now, today, we're going to um, drill down into the policy framework impacting the sector. Is it a help? Is it a hindrance? Are we looking at speed bumps or accelerators? And what policies are needed for waste management to cement its role in circularity? We often see a brick wall and we think the bricks are the strong things. It's always the cement. And it's sectors like the waste sector that hold everything together. Now, I'm joined by two veterans, two faces that I know um, from the sector, and I'm really excited to talk to you. First up, um, I'm joined by Lee Marshall. Lee is head of policy at CIWM, and I've been a member of or associated with CIWM since before it was called that, um, or since before it was narrowed down to that. How long have you been with with the organisation, Lee? So I've actually been with CIWM for coming up for two years but a, a bit like you I've this will be my 30th year in the industry this year in October it's amazing isn't it you'd think we'd have solved it by now wouldn't you it's <laughs> <laughs> really interesting so Lee my, my first question for you um, is could you provide a quick summary of the current policy landscape facing waste and resource management and then a supplementary question has government set out to the sector a very clear vision and roadmap that will take us towards greater sustainability cool just nothing like starting easy is there mark <laughs> i think you know t- as is the way with these things taking the second question first whether you agree with it or not i think there is to a certain extent a clear vision and that comes from, in terms of England, at least anyway, that comes from the resources and waste strategy that was published in, in 2018. So whether 
you agree with all that's in there or not. It did at the time, I think, set quite a clear vision for for where we, we wanted to get to or where the government wanted us to get to. I think the trouble is we, we've probably forgotten that because the implementation of it has, has been so slow. And actually looking back at it, I had a quick look at it again and looking at the foreword, it actually talks about circular economy and maximising resources, which actually, even though it was only five years ago, you could argue was almost a little bit ahead of its time. So that's, on the one hand, we you know we have got a clear vision. I think it's, it's the progress to get there that is, that is the issue for us. And then actually, if you start looking at, say, Scotland and Wales, they've probably got even clearer visions and they're a lot further along the lines of implementation. I was going to dig into that and in a little more detail because no matter where I'm looking in, in my sector at the moment, we're seeing Wales and Scotland leading England. And I, and I wonder how that's going to play out over time. And I'm wondering what pressure UK government feels under to up its game. That's a really interesting one. You'd like to think they feel under pressure because there's a, there's a lot of really good stuff that has come out of Wales and Scotland that the UK government potentially could adopt, learn from, implement. Now, yeah, you've got slightly different policy landscapes. You've got diff- different factors at work, but there's a lot of learning there that you, you could use. And, and you see some of it on an operational scale. So the fact that you've got places like East Devon doing three weekly residual waste collections is probably a result of all the Welsh authorities leading on it and showing how it can work and how it can be implemented well. That's really interesting. We'll, we'll come on to what that means in a minute. Um, but c- do you want to just give us a really quick summary, Lee, of of, of where where we are in the, in the three different or four different elements of the UK policy framework at the moment? Yeah, so I, th- I think with England, like I say, starting off with England, you, you've got the resources and waste strategy. And it, it's very much focused, although it talks about resource use, I would say it's very much focused on the waste aspect of resources. So how we can recycle more, how we can repair more, how we communicate with the members of the public. Whereas I think with, especially with Wales, you know, Wales for a long time has talked about one planet living and, you know, keeping resources in economic use. And they're now talking about zero waste policies. And then Scotland, I would say, is probably sort of somewhere in in between the two. So you've got Scotland, you know, or for a while now has been talking about things like biodegradable landfill bans, which England is now, you know, looking at consulting on. So you, I would say, and I'm slightly biased, I will admit, because I, I live in Wales and I've done for a long while, but but I would say Wales is leading the way, Scotland behind them, and then and then England coming in in third place, as it were. And what about Northern Ireland? Where does Northern Ireland sit in this, or is it in line with England? I think with Northern Ireland, you've got the added complication of the fact that you you haven't had what you would call a working government there for a while. So I think, in in fairness, that's then hampered Northern Ireland's ability to push forward on the policy frameworks as as quickly and as far as they would like. But I think, actually, you could probably pick elements of the other three and say, well, actually, yeah, Northern Ireland is, is more akin to England in that respect. Scotland in that respect and Wales in that respect. It's interesting that is, and and this stretch behaviour from Wales is really is really changing the pace of in in a lot of policy areas. We'll come back to this. Leading the way to a world beyond waste. 
This episode is sponsored by West Sussex County Council, Quim Environmental and the Greater Manchester Combined Authority. West Sussex County Council is committed to building residents and communities at the heart of everything they do, improving quality of life, delivering services and representing the best interests of the people of the county. Based in Carmarthenshire, Quim Environmental provides comprehensive waste management and circular economy services for households and commercial customers. The Greater Manchester Combined Authority is made up of the 10 Greater Manchester Councils and Mayor, who work with other local services, businesses, communities and partners to improve the city region. You can learn more about their work on our digital series website, worldbeyondwaste.ciwm.co.uk. Leading the way to a world beyond waste. I'm also joined today by uh, Kathy Cook. Kathy is chair of LARAC, which is the Local Authority Recycling Advisory Committee. I, I got confused at first, Kathy, and thought you might be Kathy Cook, the sprinter from the 90- late 1970s and early 80s. Is that you, <laughs> Kathy Cook? Hello, Mark. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, no, I, I do do a bit of a turn on the cross trainer every now and then, but I don't have any Olympic medals in running, unfortunately. So, yes, I am the Kathy Cook that's chair of LARAC. That's amazing. Look, you've got to keep moving, otherwise you otherwise you start dying. It's as simple as that <laughs> at whatever level. So, um, Kathy, I'm, I'm, I've worked with LARAC on and off for 30, well, 20-odd years now. And um, that that kind of local level, get, getting down to the, to the level of the nuts and the bolts is so important. One of my favourite contracts was in Staffordshire, one of the Staffordshire authorities, 22 years ago, um, writing a zero, you know, zero waste or a 2020 vision. And, and as, a, as a kind of involvement in it or an immersion in it, I decided to go out on the bins on the, on the day one of Tamworth's waste um, recycling collections, which was amazing because I, what I was greeted with was this, this rush of desire to help and people bringing out their non-stick pans and saying, can we recycle this? And sadly not, because it's covered in complexity and chemicals. Um, the coalface is really important. At, at this local level, the thing that you butt up against all the time, how, how is the local level um, and how is the policy framework impacting the ability of local authorities to manage waste, plan for the future? And actually, I'm going to add in another one and to be innovative. Um, yeah, I mean, going back to what Lee was saying, you know, the, the 2018 resources and waste strategy, um, it, it came out, we were all very, very enthused because actually it, it was the biggest change that had happened in the in the waste industry for sort of 20 odd years. And we felt reading through that strategy um, that it would really help to start achieve uh, better recycling rates, you know, uh, move towards, towards the circular economy. But as Lee has mentioned, unfortunately, there has been so many delays that we're now looking nearly five years later from the strategy being released that there hasn't been much movement. And the, the thing for local authorities is, and as you say, Mark, you know, you, um, residents are really enthusiastic. The crews are really enthusiastic. Most people want to really do the right thing. They want to increase recycling rates. Um, but we need better clarity from government. And we've not had that. So for local authorities to change services and to, say, implement new food waste services, implement new collections of different dry recycling materials, we need clarity because it all takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of organisation. It's very resource intensive behind the scenes. And because we haven't had that clarity um, and we haven't had the funding, 
local authorities just haven't been able to move forward with this. So there's a lot of frustration behind the scenes because everyone is, you know, ready to to, to press the start button. Everyone's ready to go. Um, but they haven't been able to move forward. Purchasing's another one. Uh, for all these changes under the resources and waste strategy, we need to purchase, for example, a lot of fleet. We need to purchase a lot of receptacles. We need to look at additional crews and drivers. And all these things take a long, long time. And uh, yeah, we're just still waiting for that. So local authorities are ready to go once we get the the, the start button pushed from government. But uh, that enthusiasm's still there, but it's starting to wane quite a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised, you know. And this is this sits in many of the of the areas that we're at, we're all active in. And until the vision's clear, until we can see a way forward, until until government is really really focused and clear, nothing else will happen. And it's almost like the start of a BMX race where the bars are up against the bikes wheels, and you can't go, and everyone's wanting to go. And then we're thinking, where's the starter? And the starter in this case, and it's really easy to blame government, but I am going to blame government here. Um, the starter is is not even out of bed and or got the gun in their hands yet. Yeah. So um, how how do we how do we take the things that we do every day, uh, Lee and Kathy, and and place more pressure and enthusiasm? How do we how do we help government move forwards on this? What do they need? What's stopping them? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question, and, and in a way, we wish. We knew what was stopping them. <laughs> and to to give the government a little bit of sympathy, and we'll talk about the UK government here, obviously, there, there has been a series of events that haven't helped them. So, you know, if, if we're talking about 2018, we've had COVID since then. We've had the EU exit. The war in Ukraine has then had the knock-on effects of cost of living and, and issues around resources, food, etc., which then kick into the cost of living crisis. So... You've got all of that that's been going on. And I think, unfortunately, at times like those, the environment tends to take a back seat or or it's easy for, for government to put the environment down the list of priorities, as it were, because in theory, it's it's not as important in inverted commas as other things. Now, we, you know, we know we're passionate about it and we know it's the most important thing because if we don't protect the environment, don't tackle climate change, then the rest of it's not going to matter because we ain't going to be here. So I think the, the issue we've got actually is getting policymakers to realise the importance of it and the value of it. And actually, the, there's never a good time, as it were. But actually, now is the best time. It's better now than next year, right? You know, the earlier, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Kathy, from from your perspective, you know, you, you've got all of these local authorities, some 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 um, two-tier, some unitary, you know, all of them wanting to see where they're going. How can some pressure or some enthusiasm, encouragement, let's do that. How can encouragement come from the local authorities to speed um, government on its way? Again, an excellent question. And as Lee said, I wish we knew the answer. So for the last sort of four or five years, we have been pushing government, we've been lobbying government, we've been, you know, engaging with them um, and, and just trying to put forward uh, the local authority view. Um, local authorities work extremely hard on um, very little money and the services they provide, you know, with regards to the amount of money that they have are, are excellent. And we have been pushing forward with DEFRA. And I, and I think we, we, we are making small steps. 
Um, but obviously there there is this this you know as you say Mark that the starting like we want the barrier to come down so we can just get on with things. Um, and going back to Wales and Scotland, you, you, you know, I think maybe DEFRA need to look more at the excellent, excellent results that Wales and Scotland have, have had. Um, you know, Wales is the, the third highest uh, in, the, in the world for recycling. That's incredible. And that could be done in the rest of England. Um, that could be re- replicated. Some people might argue that, you know, Wales is a slightly different environment, but they still have very dense urban areas such as Cardiff and, and Swansea and Newport, they still have very, very rural areas. So you can apply the lessons learned. And I think possibly DEFRA need to look more at the Welsh government to say, well, it, it is it is feasible. People seem happy there, um, you know, as in residents are happy to recycle. They, they don't sort of, you know, feel aggrieved about it. So we will continue as LARAC, as our role, to continue to lobby government. But I think government... They always need to be a bit braver, pop the head above the parapet and say, actually, you know, this is a bigger picture here. And, you know, maybe there are a few struggles, um, as Lee mentioned, but this could really, really work if we're going to be a bit brave and just go for it. I, I see that. And and that bravery is missing because of the other things that are going on within government's framework. Um which 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 may, maybe are to do with re-election, maybe are to do with you know safety of getting to and through the next election. It's a really interesting time. Look, looking forward, I'm 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 super interested in some of the potential themes that may hit us and the potential hot topics. Uh, look, what in your opinion are the most prescient, the most pertinent, and the most opportunity-driven? hot topics and can you illustrate your answer with any specific examples and I'll go to you firstly yeah I mean I think on a on a very immediate level it is the implementation of of consistent collections DRS and EPR because they're the things you know they were some of the sort of almost flagship policies within the resources and waste strategy so it's getting those implemented would be a real step forward for the sector. Just just to clarify for anyone who's not from the sector, DRS is deposit return system and yeah. EPR is extended producer responsibility policies. That's right. And and specifically on, on packaging, because that's the first one that was that was due to come in. And and then consistent collections is about local authorities and businesses having a core set of materials collected from them. So it's not necessarily that the collections are exactly the same, but everyone's got the opportunity to recycle the same materials. And and it does a couple of things. So it, it, it gives residents consistency in what, what they can recycle and potentially an enlarged set of materials. But it also changes the funding model away more from the public purse and more back to sort of private sector, as it were, and producers and retailers. So it's, it's this concept of producer responsibility, which was one of the, the core principles within the resources and waste strategy, actually. So I think they're the immediate ones. And then when you start to go a bit further forward. We were due a review of the WEE regulations, so that's waste electronic and electrical equipment, which again is, you know, EPR for, for that. And then there was talk about actually the next step is produce responsibility on textiles. And and those material two materials are very important because of the amount of carbon involved in their production and their potential waste reuse, et cetera. They're, they're huge. They're huge. We is the fastest growing waste stream and everyone's got clothing in their cupboard that they never wear. 
and we go and buy it as some form of leisure activity rather than what we need. So, so these are really interesting challenges, Lee, and I think it's just worth d- dwelling on the, the the type of waste and how that relates back to the type of society we've created before we we, we we go on with the next your next point. Yeah, and that actually ties into the next point. So we're very much in this, you know, linear economy and, and, and textiles and we are really good examples of that. So, you know, technology is moving so fast and we all seem to want the latest technology. We, we're creating and feeding this con- real consumer behavior mindset. And then the same with textiles, you know, people talk about fast fashion. You've, you've got clothing that's perfectly good, perfectly wearable, nothing wrong with it other than you feel as though it's not on trend anymore. And I'm I'm definitely not talking about myself now, but, you know, a lot, a lot of consumers have got that mindset or have almost been fed that mindset. So we're going through these resources quicker than we actually need to in the first place. And we're not designing them in a way that means we can get them all back. And I think that that links into me to the the longer term bigger pertinent issue is about the whole moving towards a circular economy. And actually, if we, I think personally, if we were writing a new resources and waste strategy now, actually, for me, we'd be calling it a circular resources strategy. And it would be much more focused on how we design and think about products and services and less about what happens to it at its end of life? Because if we de- if we get it right I, at the front end, if I can use that clunky phrase, actually, as a sector, we're no longer a waste sector. You know, we're a resources logistics sector, which actually we've already re- evolving into. So, some of the biggest multinational waste firms in inverted commas now deal with more recycling than they do with disposal. Totally, totally. And you know, we hold in our hands at the end of its life. The, the the periodic table and we let it drift through our fingers and and it's really important we chase weight and actually when we look at how this for example when we're looking at we the Japanese system um, hal is much more focused on on the high value materials within the goods rather than the the kilogrammage of 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 the goods so there's some there's some finessing that needs to happen in the EPR system which we haven't even begun to think about now but you raise a really good point there Lee and I say it often Design is the single most powerful environmental tool that there is. Um, and if we can design our products and services and therefore our systems better, then we can remove many of these challenges. Um, I, I, I love that. Um, Kathy, just just switching to the, the local level now, what are the, the hot topics that you see emerging in your work? Um, I mean, I think talking about uh, EPR, so extended producer responsibility, um, it's very disappointing that the government have delayed that for a, f- a further year. So originally it was 2023, 24, now 25. Um, you know, local authorities need funding, full stop, bottom line. And producers, I know there's been a lot of conversations between the producers and DEFRA. And in some ways, we are fairly, um, we, we are slightly concerned that they've been sort of listened to maybe more, maybe not as much as local authorities, because we are crying out for funding to try and improve these services. And if I can just quote a statistic here, Mark, the um, the recent National Audit Office, they uh, produced a report that looked at the resources and waste strategy. And in that, that they state that um, in 2021-22, £3.8 billion was spent by English local authorities on waste management. 
So that's 3.8 billion, and that's that's accounting for income. Now, under EPR, um, the uh, the estimated amount that's going to be paid by producers is 1.5 billion. So you know that there's a real sort of disconnect there, and okay, a lot of that um, the, the 3.9 billion is on on other things apart from packaging, but we need the money to deliver those services. We're not cash rich as local authorities. And producers do have that responsibility. They're putting things on the market. So for, for us, the funding from EPR is a, a huge hot topic. Um, also, um, food waste, obviously. So in the resources and waste strategy, absolutely brilliant. The uh, food waste, uh, mandatory separate food waste collections were included. Food waste is um, a huge, huge topic. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a massive um carbon impact there's absolutely no need for it to go to their final disposal because it can easily be recycled there's plenty of uh, capacity within the country to do that so again excellent that that was included in the strategy but five years on we still have no funding for that we still have no idea when that's even going to be put in so lee was talking about textiles and we which are again really really significant waste streams but food waste is up there with those as well and the third thing I just wanted to mention, um, just moving on from we, is we're having a lot more um, emerging um, sort of information and and news about vaping. So we've got single-use disposable vapes. Um, millions of them are discarded every year. They're becoming more and more popular. Um, they're very, very difficult to recycle. A lot of them end up in the residual. And I can only see it becoming more and more of a problem unless they get banned. They're, they're so bad for so many reasons, not just for the environment, not just for recycling. I think, you know, for social reasons and, you know, moral reasons, etc. So there's there's actually a lot of hot topics, Mark, but I would say food waste is a big one, getting more money from government, definitely. And vapes is a, a new but very emerging problem that we, we don't know as a waste industry, actually, how we're really going to deal with that. I've just done a video on that. I've just done a video taking, uh, not taking a vapor part, but looking at, at the amount of um, powerful materials that are in there, and 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 the lithium battery being you know, one of them. I think I think I think at the moment, if you took all of the vapes that are sold monthly, you could produce one thousand two hundred electric car battery packs from them. It is, it's incredible, and you yeah. see them everywhere, right? These these are not these could be these could be recharged, reused forever, and they're just. I see them in the front of line bikes all the time or thrown on, on, on the pavement. This is a massive issue. And, and I guess one of the interesting things that you are, Cathy, you're like the canary in the coal mine. You're the litmus test <laughs> for the stuff that's going to come through yeah. that Lee's going to have to deal with <laughs> um, in his negotiations. And, and Lee, you've got this really unenviable role of sitting between government, the waste collectors and waste authorities, and the businesses, you've got this, because the polluter pays principle, which we have put into place as extended produce responsibility, um, is clearly at the moment still un unfit for purpose. I, I find it utterly fascinating and slightly worrying, if I'm honest with you. Um, but what would your key takeaway on this subject be? What would you like to leave our audience with? What, what would the, the half-life of this conversation be within our audience and and we can go within the community or the wider resource audience i'd actually like to think about that i'd like to think that maybe some of the environmental managers in the large organizations and the and the producers are listening to this as well 
Um, uh, Lee, I'll go with you first. What, what, what's the takeaway you'd like to leave people with? I, I think the takeaway is we we have a strategy that in place that can take us forward a, a decent amount. So if we can get on and implement some of the stuff in there, that's going to be a real positive and a real benefit to the sector and, and generally. And then I think the next thing is is building on that is really looking at this the concept of circular economy and really focusing on resources from a design, let's say design point of view. But that doesn't mean that our industry is waiting for everyone else to change. We we will change with it. But I think if we can get some implementation of the of the policies in the in the 2018 strategy, that gives us the springboard to really have a, a really good go at the circular economy. And then the thing we, we haven't touched on then is 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 a whole behavior change thing as well. That I think for me one of the biggest takeaways is not forgetting behavior change. That's going to be a big point in this. We need to take the citizen with us, as it were, on the journey that we think needs to be taken. That's a really interesting point. And, you know, I, I, I say it often, there's no such thing as bad materials. They're just bad systems. And part of that system is, is the citizen. It, it, it is the, the, the end user, the person that decides what to do with this piece of resource and decides whether, whether to buy it. And I guess that links both of you, that, that links you and Cathy, because Cathy sees the, the end result of that behavior. Cathy, for you, what takeaway would you like to leave people with? Um, I would like to leave people with the the thought and the fact that local authorities are ready, willing and able to implement the 2018 strategy. We are enthusiastic. We want to see the strategy implemented. We want um, higher recycling rates. Um, talking about behaviour change, local authorities are involved in a lot of behaviour change projects, a lot of communications projects. So it's not just about bins, boxes and lorries. Um, and we've got a huge number of experts in the field with a lot of, lot of many, many years of experience. And we, we're just waiting and we feel like we have been waiting really since the 2021 consultation. So we're ready to go. Uh, just just press the start button and, and we will implement it. <laughs> it's really interesting, Cathy. Um, as, you were, as you were talking, I was taken back to a project I ran 10 years ago with... Um, with the RSA uh, called The Great Recovery with Sophie Thomas. And the aim there was to pull together the waste industry, the chemists, the, the designers, and the people who, the marketeers, and, and to kind of create a circular economy where everyone won. And I still think that's, we, I don't think we quite achieved it, but I still think that's firmly possible if only we can remove some of the siloed thinking and some of the barriers between these organizations. And, and the thing that I'd like to, to leave people with is how do we have broad ranging and connected conversations? Um, and that's a real, a real challenge. I guess podcasts like this are the, are the start of that. So look, I'm going to wrap up. And for me, the things that, the things that came out today were this, this conversation around extended producer responsibility and how that grows and deepens and, and making that fair so the local authority do not the local authorities do not face a two billion pound gap in their funding or whatever the gap was. That huge gap is so important to, to close. How we should be chasing value, not volume. So look at what's going into our waste and pull the things out that, that are really important. And linked to that, if we're looking at this more broadly, if we're looking at this as UK PLC, if we want to make things, we need stuff to make things from. 
and it makes sense to use the stuff that we already have. Um, we need clarity from government. We actually just need government, and I'm talking about English government specifically, to start here, just to to to, to crack on and to get going. Um, and we need more people like you. You know, you two have been working in this sector for a long time, and um, as have I. And it's really important that we we bring other people into this sector, and actually that we step out of this sector and start talking to other organizations. So thank you for all the work that, that, that you do. I really genuinely um, mean that. And those listening, you know, just have a think about how policy affects what you do and how you can develop an organization that is kind of ahead of policy. I won't say policy proof, but it's already ahead. The aim is always to be playing football where the ball is going to be, not where the ball was. And I think that's so, so important. So thank you for listening. Join us again for the next episode. You can catch up on them all in one go. We love making these. We hope you love listening to them. Thank you. Thanks once again to the sponsors of this episode, West Sussex County Council, Quim Environmental and the Greater Manchester Combined Authority. You can read, watch and learn more about their work and about the full Leading the Way to a World Beyond Waste digital series by going to wellbeyondwaste.ciwm.co.uk And don't forget to visit contentwithpurpose.co.uk or find us on socials to check out more of our podcast collaborations. Music